You are listening to The Benchcast with your host, Elvis Mendez and Coach Ben. This past weekend, I squared off with him in fantasy football, and uh, we were the two shittiest teams in the league, but I pulled out the win. One point win. It's a rough way to go out with one point. One point win. I wish I was keeping tabs on it a little bit closer because then I could have, uh, I could have seen, you know that 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 was one point. Oh, oh I thought I, I had a clear win. Listen, going into Monday night, you had Alvin Kamara. I had Will Lutz. I I, I think it would be over. You thought it would be over, but I fought. I fought strong. I fought back. See, I yeah, I thought for sure I had the W sealed up, and then all of a sudden I see I only won by one point. But I'll take the win. Win's I'll a win. I'll take the win. And uh, this past weekend, so what I wanted to do today is uh, recap a little bit of my travels down to Texas to coach a couple of our lifters, Adam and Trey. Kind of give you a little background on them. Um, and then give you a little recap, mostly how to, the meet was running. Um, you know, just the, the Texas in general. It's a good time. Um, interesting there. If anyone's from down south, I like it. It's a lot different in terms of uh, hot as shit, but it's a different kind of hot, you know. It's like 100-something every day, but it don't feel too different than 85 in New York, to be honest with you. Um, There's a different kind of hot there. They don't have that humidity, I guess. But uh, it was, you could tell at night, I mean, it was 90-something at night, but it wasn't unbearable by any means. It was like a good heat. Listen, any place that I have to check my shoes for scorpions, I don't want to go. <laughs> I hear that's a common thing. You get scorpions in your shoes, so you gotta you gotta always check that out. So um, it was good nonetheless. It was a different kind of heat. Um, had a great time there. Uh, met up with Trey and Adam. Uh, Trey has come down here to New York. Uh, he was here a month ago. All right, we're gonna start putting up some clips from that session too. Um, so he came down here a month ago. Um, Adam, I've never gotten out to Texas to meet up with him yet. Um, so it was great getting to meet up with, uh, with some other of our teammates, uh, Danielle and Adam. And, uh, we had a great time. Got down there Thursday. Um, yeah, God, if I remember what the hell happened Thursday. Uh. The NFL season started. NFL season, yeah, I went, uh, watched the game. Uh, had to catch the game, and it, it was, was a rough mixers. one to watch. Yeah, it was it was a very lame game. Was it like three three to nine or 10-3. something? Ten three, ten three. It was a really lame game. I was expecting a little more scoring, but you know I'm all for a defensive battle. The Bears shut them down. Um, but Friday did a little river rafting. I guess that's a popular thing. You you jump in a little raft there, a little tube, and then you float down the river. I guess that's a popular thing. Everyone knows what that is. Everyone has seemed to done it. Um, but I went and I did my, my float down the river. Um, that was pretty relaxing to join, except there's some points where, um, you know, you're. I hear these stories of tarantulas, right? I know there's tarantulas in the area. I'm not dumb to the fact that there's tarantulas in the area. So 
I'm floating down this river, and all I'm seeing in these trees is these big webs. I don't know if they belong to tarantulas or not. For all I know, I don't know what the hell's living in these things. I'm floating down the river. I can't control myself too well. I'm starting to come towards the edge, and I'm seeing these big old uh, tarantula webs or whatever the hell's over in my head there. And I'm like, this ain't going to fly. So I start paddling my shit <laughs> to get back into the middle of this river. Um, yeah, that was, a, that was a little bit of a doozy going towards the the edge there. I don't know what the hell's living in those. Um, so that was good, though. That was a good time. And, um, you know, met up with the guys, had uh, the meal before the meet. Um, and I don't, I think I had a catfish or something. It was good. It looked like a fancy place. Um, but next day, meet up, USPA, Texas. Now, I've never been to any USPA meet. Now, they don't use monos. It's mostly raw lifters. Uh, I remember having a conversation with Jimmy Cobb. He was not a fan just because it didn't cater to the multiply scene. Uh, even though on their website it says that they uh, they have multiply, you could do that. Um, but I can understand what he means. I mean, it's it's combo rack, so I don't think anyone's gonna be squatting, you know, uh, geared in a combo rack. It's really a meet that gears um, towards the uh, the raw lifter. With combo racks to the bench. Um, you remember when I got that Texas Strength Systems bench in for the first time? It's that hard pad. It's that hard pad. Um, it's not the greatest for benching. I didn't think it was going to be a problem, though. We are able to work around it. Still had, everyone had a great day on the bench. Um, you know, I know it would have probably affected me a lot more. Because I have a lot of attention to those details. And I have trained on good benches. So that would probably be something that would affect me more. But what we were able to do is find like a yoga mat in the area for for when the bench came up. We had bands on the bench. You know, I didn't want to create such an environment where we couldn't replicate it out on the actual platform, though, in terms of traction. But we were able to get by it. It was able to it was able to run good. Um, but we we jumped to this meet here, and. Um, you know, Trey, I can tell Trey's getting nervous. This is his first meet. You got to keep in mind. You remember your first meet? Very nervous, probably. Uh, I know I certainly was. I only had 13 lifters. I can't imagine first meet seeing these huge platforms, two huge platforms, and, uh, you know, all these people filing in. But, um, yeah, I can tell he's getting a little bit nervous, but I knew he'd settle down after his first squat. And, um, you know, sure he did. He, he, he started warming up, and... He was looking good in the warm-ups. Um, you know, we just corrected a few technical things, and uh, he was he was banging out weights. And uh, he gets up to the platform, gets his first squat in. I knew he was going to have a day from there because um, he, he handled them, the nerves well. He uh, started chatting with some people, and uh, he just started putting up great weight. Um, and everything that he's done in training, I think he's put up just as much and uh, played a little conservative with the squat, but he got his 500-pound squat, which was great to see. Um, I started chatting uh, with one of the judges in the back. He seemed to recognize me. There was quite a few people that recognized me uh, out the the Texas area. Uh, I never know what area the majority is watching. I, f- I figure... Texas is uh, one of those big lifting areas. Uh, they, I mean, even Texas High School, that's such a huge thing out there, all the meets that they got in high schools. Um, and I guess Texas High School football is a really, Oh, football's really, huge. That's a really, really big thing. You see some of the uh, high school stadiums out there? It's ridiculous. Now, 
Now, the tickets for, the, they had an LSU versus um, Texas Longhorns game going on in, in the Texas Longhorns Stadium, which I saw driving by quite a few times. And that facility, like the practice facility and the actual stadium, it looks like something out of the NFL. It's, it's, it's really intense. Um, but guess how much the tickets were for the high-ups that day? Ooh. Oh, God. Like 50 bucks? No, 500 bucks. <laughs> for yeah, a college no, game it's no joke well if you think about it oh, they only play six home games a year and then some of them are duds so you only get maybe one good one when LSU comes in or something so that place is packed out um, it seemed like a lot of people traveling for that like hotel prices in the Austin area were jacked up <clears throat> for that weekend I imagine because LSU is coming to town you know oh yeah so I guess that's a huge huge thing out there but um yeah, I just we were having a chat about high school football, and it's uh, it's like a whole, it's a big deal. It's, it's very different than anything you get out here, that's for sure. And everyone's involved in like, cause they'll actually, um, they'll like find positions at the school if you're a good player. They like find positions at the school so they can bring your your family member in to work there while you get to stay in the area, cause you know schools are by area. So they'll find uh, like housing for your parents and whatnot, and then bring you into the school, and then you can uh, you work at the school and whatnot. Pretty wild, wild stuff. Um, but Adam was up next on the on the squats. Um, you know he had his whole family there, which was great. Danielle, who's on our team as well, who I coach, and um, you know the kiddos there. And, you know, they're awesome. They do a bunch of Coach Ben impressions. I loved it. Um, but he was he was off to a good start in the, uh, the warm-ups, looking great as normal. Um, squats always kind of been his Achilles heel. We're trying to figure out some stuff there. He was trying to show me some mobility things that, um, you know, I can't always see that great in video. But noticed right away when I got in there how... It was, his bar is slanted a little bit and, and some tightness he's got with his hip flexors. Can't really um, fully extend his, his hips or starts to bend his knees and whatnot. So we're seeing all that. And uh, he gets up there to squat. And opener goes really well. Second attempt, he sits back a little bit too much. Um, he gets a, he wanted to say like a, like a pop or something in his hip. Nothing too concerning. But we're rolling him out. I didn't want him to affect it for the rest of the meet, um, but it was certainly something that was probably on his mind. You know, I didn't get the third one, uh, but the positioning was a lot better. Then move on to bench. I had the concerns with the bench, as I mentioned, but uh, didn't seem to affect either guy because uh, the traction was at least there. Even though it's a harder pad, the traction's at least there. So I always tell everyone, you can make do with a harder pad if you don't have much cushion. It's not most optimal thing but as long as you have traction on your pad you're going to be good to go and um you know i was impressed too with the, how the judging ran i was um you know it looked very very uh they have their, their shirts on so you know what judges what kind of certified by either local or national or like world they all got different shirts on so that was pretty cool um you know they're definitely an organization you know they 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 have the trailer out front, and then they're just on to the next thing. Uh, but they're definitely they seem like a well-run organization, um, but mostly raw lifters. But quick lifting's making its comeback, so 
I'm hoping to see a lot more of that. We got the WPO coming out now and stuff. And I was talking to the guys, and I mean, you won't see many equipped lifters out at these meets. Um, so I guess maybe they're competing elsewhere. But uh, yeah, I'm hope, hoping to see there's a good transition over to multiply again. But anyways, get on the bench. Trey does awesome, blows all his numbers out the water. Um, you know, figured as much. He was looking good in the warm-ups, crushing everything. So I bumped the last one up. Uh, he had like a 330 bench, which is fantastic for him. I was just hoping to get him at least into the low 300s. And then uh, Adam came in, and he had a fantastic performance. Because, you know, as you may miss like an opener. Um, well, you didn't miss an opener, but you might miss one of your big squat attempts. It kind of gets to you mentally. You know, it's hard to bounce back from something like that. Because I know that really um, got him down a bit because... He wanted to at least PR a little bit on the squat to lead into a really smooth day. But he came back and he hit all three benches. And the second one uh, was 401 or something like that. We just wanted to notch that 400. Uh, looked good, but we played it a little bit safer on the third attempt. We did 413 instead of, I think it was like 417. So he's done 415 in the gym, but... Figuring that was the best spot for him, we both agreed, and um, he was able to finish that out. It was a good grinder. I wasn't too worried because the thing is, if I see people lifting all the time, I always tell lifters, and we touched on that last week in the in the podcast, I believe, um, that you know the important thing when I'm seeing videos is that I'm also profiling you as a lifter. So that's one of the scenarios there that that pops up is maybe on that second, maybe I'd be even more concerned because it was a little bit slower, but I know Adam, and I know the way he benches, and I know he's going to um, blow it off the chest, slow down a little bit, grind through it. Um, if you know, Not everyone's going to be like that. Some people are going to be completely the opposite. Maybe they have a really hard time off the chest, um, but then smooth through the rest of the, the bench. But everyone's going to look different. Some people are going to stay explosive and just shit to bed. Some people are going to be slow the whole time, and you know they got a lot more. But I knew from, you know, obviously seeing his videos all the time that he's going to be capable of hitting his third bench. So I wasn't too worried about it. Um, he ended up getting that up, and that really started to close the gap because he was behind in total um, compared to his previous. So that really kind of closed the gap. Uh, so he was right back on track to hit a PR total. Uh, deadlift, I think Trey blew everyone's um, expectations out of the water, including his. And I, I know he was looking really good in training, uh, so I figured he'd have a big meet, but with a really smooth 540 pull. Now, this 540 pull looked almost like an opener. Uh, he's got a lot of room left in there uh, for next meet, but uh, I think he, he completely blew both our expectations out the window there, crushed it. Uh, nine for nine day was fantastic. Adam um, just narrowly he missed his second one because he couldn't get the grip he wanted. Uh, started slipping early. He comes back on the third, really locks it in well. Uh, he didn't lock in the second as much as he would have liked. Locks in the third really well. Um, goes into the pull and just as he's getting the, the down command and this pull was so much better he got right past the knees locked that thing out so fast uh had a lot more speed on it positioning was good and just as the judge waving his hand it starts to slip out and it, you know if you watched it quick it looks it, it's really timed the same but you know having that eye that something was off 
like the way he was putting it down he was losing one of them and it was a little early but if we look at the video it's literally the bar starts going and he starts putting it down right as that hand's moving and uh, so that was kind of a heartbreaker for him because that would have changed the whole stat line he would at least had a total PR and PR2 lifts as well um, but that's how the cookie crumbles sometimes but uh, he was certainly happy about notching that bench. That's a big milestone, 400 pound bench. Um, I never thought when I was uh, starting training in general, just lifting in the basement, that I would ever reach. I didn't even think 315. I thought that was going to be a bitch to get. I was like, when the hell am I going to hit this? But man, hitting something in the 400s, that kind of really blows your expectations when you think about it. Uh, what did you think when you started lifting? What would you start lifting at? Oh, jeez. 135? Yeah. Like, I thought that was a doozy. <laughs> but I thought the, the two plates at the gym was the real, the real milestone, you know? Yeah. Everyone <clears throat> thinks that two-plate milestone, and then you're going for three. No one expects to get to four. It's very... I love the uh, open powerlifting um, stat track things where it tells you how much percentage of people actually hit this lift. Um, while it's still a lot, it's like if you think about how many people out there competing, it's a pretty low percentage that actually get to that. Um, and then you got to think if you're competing in powerlifting, you're probably ahead of most people in the gym. Um, I remember one of my buddies there, I went to train with him in Manhattan once, and um, we were walking to the gym, and I, I didn't squat much at the time. It was like a 500 pound squat with wraps. But uh, he just, he mentioned, because there's so many people walking the streets and buildings and everything, he's like, just think out of all these people, he'd probably squat more than them. And I'm like, oh, shit, that really puts it into perspective. (laughs) You know? And then you go to any other city and you see all these places, you probably squat more than them. So compared to the world, you're probably ahead of a lot of people benching 400. So you're doing something that not many people can do. Um which is kind of cool when you think about it now. Like, it makes you feel more badass because you always compare yourself to powerlifters and being at the meet. And that one's and rough. You're going to yeah. ruin your mindset. Because I was just telling everyone there, I was like, man, I hate meets because the thing about the meets is that now I feel small. And I, I didn't, before I got in there, I didn't feel small at all because everyone's calling me big man and stuff. And then I'll tell you an example from this meet. Someone says, hey, big man, I turn around. He's not talking to me. He's talking to someone way bigger than me. <laughs> <laughs> so that totally destroyed my confidence. But, you know, you leave the meet, I get my confidence back up. Papa Fozzie weighing in. I was going to watch Vegan Gains, but you went and lived and snapped me back to reality. What's Vegan Gains? Ah, Vegan Gains is a YouTuber who yells a lot. I have not seen that. I, I don't know if he's calmed is down. Is it a bodybuilder that's going vegan? Yeah, vegan bodybuilder. He's like uh, a militaristic vegan, pretty much. Papa Fozzie, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I haven't watched him since like his inception. So uh, he used to make a ton of videos just shitting on other YouTubers. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's his whole gig. That's his whole gig, being angry. Yep, yelling. He he went through a ton of shit. Like his uh, his girlfriend left him because really he was like a psycho. Is he still making videos? Papa Fozzie says he is. Uh, It sounds like a weird situation. (laughs) I don't know. I couldn't do vegan. (laughs) I'm not missing anything. He's a dickhead. Um, Glad I still got it. (laughs) Yeah, um, I I couldn't do the vegan thing. 
I mean, I understand you can probably get enough, enough nutrients without eating meat, but... I mean, I had some brisket down in Texas. That was some good shit. Listen, I got to say, I rank my donuts. I don't make any special, you know, categories or anything. <clears throat> Top three donuts in the country that, that I've been to so far. It's uh, Amy's Donuts in, like, uh, Colorado or Ohio. There's two. There's Dottie's Donuts in Philadelphia. That one's all vegan. And okay. that is phenomenal. I imagine with that, it's not like there's, <clears throat> it's not meat, so it's just... That means you can make a good vegan donut. No, no, you don't understand. This vegan donut place is pushing the limit of donut technology. But you can make a good donut by being vegan. It's all it's all vegan vegetables. But today they have a cold brew glaze. What's that? On donut, cold brew glaze, coffee glaze. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They're pushing the limits. Well, because normally glaze you'd have to use milk or something, right? Yeah. I see. But no I milk, imagine you no could eggs. Make, it's something I'd <clears throat> imagine you could make a good vegan product out of a donut. Out of all things. Listen, some vegan places are... I, I, I don't want to mention them, but because uh, the bad ones don't deserve recognition. But I've had some pretty terrible vegan donuts. I'm sure. I've had some pretty terrible donuts, too. <laughs> but what's hard to make is, is a good burger. You can't make a good vegan burger all the time. Now, that's that's a real test there. Um, but I had, to, I had the meat down there. That was good meat. Ribs, brisket. Oh, you get, like, real barbecue. What? Real barbecue down there. Yeah, that was it was very um I never experienced that out here before. Um the places I've had any of that stuff at are just dry and um it was totally different. Like you just go in there, you don't it's not like a sit down or nothing, it's not like it's out. It's just you like tell them what you want. They like whip it out the back. I don't even know where it comes from. It comes from like the shelf they're standing at and they just cut that shit up and then it's there. You get it, it's like one, two, and then like you just tell them what sides you want, which are out, and then bang, bang, and there you go, and then you got your meal. The, the furthest south I've been is South Carolina, and I had barbecue there, and I just, I can't, I hate barbecue, like barbecue sauce, I'm just not a fan. I went down there, I was like, I'm down here, I might as well try it. Phenomenal. Yeah, I, I was the same way, I'm not a big barbecue guy, but I could just eat this meat forever. <laughs> it was that tender. There was not much effort involved. It, it's, I just kind of popped right in. You know, it's probably one of those things like New York bagels. It's like yeah. re- regionally, you can't you can't top that. Yeah. They all know what's going on. But it was it was some serious stuff. Um, Papa Fozzie says, "I'm not a vegan at all. Just wanted to see the train wreck of a man talk shit about other fitness YouTubers." You know what? I, I feel yeah. Sometimes I get in that mood too. But uh, this is definitely a better show. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll do the, try not to do the shit talking thing. Um, I keep it keep it in house, <laughs> patriot way. And you can't can't go back at people. They talking shit about you. Mm. Um, if you ever see negative comments on my stuff, uh, I just don't respond. You don't have the time for it. Um, but I wanted to touch on some some useful tips today as well. Um, talk about a couple things that. I've been seeing people mostly have triples with, with on the bench, which is leg drive, and when they believe it or not, it comes down to back tightness too. Um, give you some helpful tips there. All right, some cues that I've been uh, thinking about lately that I really want to delve in on. Okay, so in terms of leg drive, what you need for leg drive is you need to get your glutes working. All right. You need to squeeze your ass. You need to make sure your ass isn't just planted on the bench. 
Okay. So the keys with the leg drive there is is that hip scale um, hip scale drill that I was uh, showcasing, or just setting up off the bench. I think a lot of people connected with that drill. We've got a lot of positive feedback from it. Um, so a couple things: if you put a scale when you're on the bench, you put a scale underneath your hips. Right, it should always read zero. I think we understand that concept, right? It's touching the pad because that you legally have to touch the pad in a competition, but you're not putting weight on your hips. All right, so just that alone, if you think about that, you have to use your legs somewhat. So that's already going to help your leg drive. Um, you know, from that, you need to push back, and that's what if you set up off the bench, you get your traps on the end of the bench. You think about that hip scale thing. You drive your, your knees out so you get the side hip tension there, that abduction type of um, type of tension, right? And then you push back. There you go. That'll pretty much fix up your leg drive right there. I bet if you did those two drills, um, or you th thought about that first one, then you actually performed that, that drill. I think you feel totally different about your leg drive um, <clears throat> no matter what you're doing, uh, no matter what style you're using, where you're placing your feet and whatnot. And then uh, for back tightness, a lot of people with shoulder injuries, I get so many comments um, about shoulder injuries. And just when I do the Q&As on um, Instagram, so many questions about shoulder injuries, elbow injuries. And I understand that that's usually where most of the frustration comes from because that's going to hold your bench back as well. Um, but to actually pinpoint what the hell's going on, you need so much more background knowledge. Like you could be training weird. Um, you know, there could be some underlying issue. You could have a previous injury that's affected something. Could have been from your job. Could have been, know. yeah, could have been from what you're doing outside the gym. Um, it could be from your lack of not doing any mobility stuff. You know, the bigger you get, the more tight you get. You're not moving much. Um, that I that I see across the board. I felt myself. I certainly feel different now than I felt when I was under 200 pounds. That's for sure. Um, moving around is not as easy. But when you get bigger like that, you have more tissue in your body, and that stuff can get real gnarly on you and keep you from moving the way you want. So, you know, what really impresses me is a guy like Juju Mifu. You know that Juju Mifu there? Mifu? Whatever he is. I call him <laughs> Mifu. I think it's better that way. And, um... That guy, he's he's impressive because he can move. Oh yeah, he's a big dude that can move. So I don't know what the hell kind of background he's he, got, uh, or he just keeps up with it. Well, he always said that uh, the key to it was continuing as he got bigger. So it was like never taking a break, never stopping, just continuously moving as the uh, weight put it, got put on. Yeah, and he really knew how to how to move well. Because that dude's impressive, being that big and be able to move the way he does. Um, you don't see that too often, but. Um, yeah, it, it's a horrible combo when you, you gain a weight, you get bigger, and you're not doing anything active outside of it. Like, you have a desk job or something, that's the worst. And certainly myself, too. I'm trying. I saw someone at Starbucks the other day doing a, it's a whole standing desk routine where he broke out his laptop and he was standing up there. I was like, shit, I got to get off the chair now. He's making, he's making me look bad. So um, I love that. And then I've been trying to do, again, more work like, on my knees and stuff like that, uh, just to get the glutes firing. You know what? That really lights your glutes up. You ever do that? Oh, for sure. Yeah. If you just like kneel, if you, I turn this into a kneeling desk or something, that lights my hips up. Um, it's hard to get full extension. 
I feel right off the bat. And then you have to hold yourself there with your glutes. And that right there, that really burns you out. Um, and then just sitting like I'm leaning here because if I'm upright like that, my back's going to take a wreck. I'm going to start feeling my upper back after a while. So I'm going to have to work on uh, keeping myself upright like that with my back strength. But um, I, I've been just actively working on like fidgeting. Like just getting like little movements in here and there. Because, like, the real damaging thing is, like, just lack of movement. It's not always, like, fixed positions. It's just the fact that you're just not moving anything. Yeah. Yeah, just get taken a pause for the cause, and, um, you know, I'll do some reach behinds, whatever I can. It's a little weird when you're in public. I'm trying to, like, <laughs> find ways to, to stretch out in public that, that look appropriate. Because um, I don't want to be, like, if I'm sitting on a plane, I don't want to be, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a little weird doing, like, toe touches in, like, the middle of a Starbucks line, you know? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you try to do what you can in the moment. So, usually, I think it's, it looks like you're scratching your back, so I'll take my hand, and I'll just come around to get some external rotation there. I'll do some, like, full shoulder rolls. Kind of just go up. Yeah, those back. are good. Yeah, I'm, then when I'm sitting in the seat, I try to draw my shoulders back and to touch the uh, actual seat itself. Uh, just to work on something. <laughs> we said, re- uh, reach behind are good, but have you tried reach arounds? <laughs> I don't think I had the mobility, fella. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, I try to do whatever I can when I'm out uh, somewhere to keep moving. But anyways, uh, I want to touch on the shoulder issues because, again, number one thing that I get asked all the time is, is about injuries and whatnot. Um, and like I said, very hard to pinpoint that stuff. But a lot of that comes down to um, not locking down your upper back. Uh, because if you lose your upper back tightness at any point, that pretty much takes the load from being held with your total body tension to primarily being directed right into your shoulder joint. Because if you're not connected with your upper back, that weight, I can tell you, for 100%, that weight is all going into your shoulder joint. So... Um, you better hope that you have you know, the stability just there alone to handle the weight you're using and uh, that you aren't getting loose whatsoever because then you're just asking for it. But um, a lot of people think they're using their upper back and they're not using their upper back. So I think there's a misconception there about what that actually feels like. And um, one of the big drills or one of the big technical cues there that I was just touching on that I thought was really good last uh, post that last week or something um, you should get the bar out and the whole time the whole time you set up on the bench you're just trying to you know when you just retract your shoulders you're trying to drive your shoulders into the cushion of the pad and squeeze all the cushion out of the pad as long as you do that the whole time you're gonna be on the right the right uh, page there. Because the number one thing is that most people will chase the bar out a little bit. And I'm talking the slightest movement is going to pull you out. To stay fully retracted, just drive your, your shoulders into the pad. Keep it squished the whole time no matter what. Let that person bring the weight out for you. Because at least if you got that, you can crunch down. Because if you start to chase it, you let your shoulders get forward a little bit. And that's what our body normally wants to do. Then you're pulled out of position. The load's going to go right into your shoulders. So I think that's probably one of the biggest things to focus on for anyone looking um, to get better, um, you know, clean up shoulder injuries and whatnot on the bench, but just get better at using their upper back. And uh, when you think you are, you're probably not. You know, I'm still working all the time on trying to get better at my upper back, and that's really the key between a huge bench and not a great bench is what's happening there. 
So those are two common issues that I wanted to touch on uh, that I've been hearing about lately. So so from pushing plates 24-7, pushing into the bench is key. I was doing it wrong for years, and I think a lot of people are. That's yeah, pretty absolutely. common. That's, uh, you know, with the, with the shoulders primarily, like what you're doing with the retraction, locking down, um, that's, that's everything. So a lot of people aren't familiar with that because unless you – I don't know, reach out to, because it's something that's hard to learn. So unless you're training with a group of people or um, you go to a powerlifting-specific place, and even at those places, they don't know what's going on. I'll tell you, the two things I just mentioned with leg drive and upper back tightness, I'd say um, unbelievably large majority of lifters, even competitive lifters, uh, even people you find at you know, these hardcore powerlifting gyms, they do not have down. Um, you know, I'd say only the real top guys that you see pushing big weight have that concept down. Because um, you have to. You have to if you want to push the big weight. Um, or you're just freakishly strong. But I'll tell you, I see time and time again, there's very, very few people at a meet that would say, wow, this is actually very impressive. Like, that never happens. There's always something I'm like, well, you could probably work this around, that around. Um, but very, very few times at a meet. Am I like, wow, this is really dialed in? Sometimes I am. You know, sometimes I, I'm like, wow, this guy's really got it down. And I usually have a pretty decent bench. But most of the times they're missing all those elements in terms of the leg drive. Just the fact that on a shitty bench, if I know it's a shitty bench, and, you know, you can tell when someone's just managing, but when they're just, there's no lack of, there's just a huge lack of leg drive. They're not sliding or anything. They don't see that as an issue. You know, you can tell right away that that's that's big weakness in their game. I know you had a meet at a on a turf field at one point. Yeah, there was a turf. Um, I never understood having it on the on the turf, but uh, just the fact that no one had issues off the bat. Maybe they were just afraid to say something because I knew Dave, um, so I just mentioned it to him that it's not going to go <laughs> and. Um, you know, maybe they, they were like that, but I there's that's a huge issue for me. Um, you know, you're trying to create this force away from the floor, um, and you're, you happen to be on turf. It's not going to work. Um, your feet will slide. The bench is sliding. You know, God forbid you do get traction. The bench is going to start sliding. You had to put something there to hold the bench. But, um, yeah, that just goes to show you how few people really got that dialed in for leg driving up or back. Very, very few. Um, I said very rarely am I like, wow, someone's got this dialed in at a meet. Uh, there's always usually one or two, but it's very, very rare. Um, this past meet, I hear, this blows my mind, this stat from this Texas meet here. Uh, I think there's over 100 people that signed up for the meet and paid for the meet. And I think only 75 or 8 actually showed up. Can you believe that? I don't get that stat at all. Why would you pay? Like at least I don't know. I don't know why you you maybe get you can't get a refund or something. I don't know. I, I think a lot of meets are kind of like concerts. That's and everything. so many people. You know, the show just goes on if you're there or not. Yeah, but that's just so many people that didn't show up that paid to show up. Why would you just bail out at the last minute? I don't know. If I paid my entry, there's got to be something real big to to keep me from doing that meet. You know. That just kind of blew my mind. I was like, I can't believe that one. Um, so, what's to say? I'm going to send you a clip from a freaky decline that happened to me. Um, it sounds like I'm going to see an injury. 
<laughs> I don't watch that. Um, I, I'm good with that. Dips, I don't do dips whatsoever. Uh, surprises some people. I don't have anything against dips. I think you can do dips very successfully. But I've just seen so many torn pec videos from dips that I don't want no part of that. I'll find some other way to get my triceps strong. I don't want none of that dips. One thing for from dips, if I don't do mobility work, my sternum hurts while I'm doing it. Yeah. And I feel like that's not a great move. No. <laughs> no, hey, hey, you know, if you're feeling anything weird from the dips, just don't do dips. You know, I don't understand that people want to, they'll do this exercise that they don't feel right on just because they see other people do it, but there's like a million other ways to train the I, same I, muscle groups. I think... Because especially with triceps and everything, people are like, I have to do skull crushers, but skull crushers fuck my elbow. And then I think that's one of the most common ones. It's like, so just do something else. There's like a million yeah. ways to do this. You know how many ways there are to train triceps? You can find a shit ton of ways. You don't have to do any specific one. I, I've done, you know what I was finding? I was doing the skull crushers. Now, granted, I wasn't doing massages regularly then too, but uh, I was doing skull crushers, trying to do some heavy skull crushers because I seem to be handling it well. And then for some reason, you know, after a week or two of really working skull crushing type movements and JM press a little bit, uh, I started getting really banged up my elbow trying to bench. And, you know, I'm not saying it's directly correlated to that, but, you know, it certainly didn't help when I went back and did those exercises too. They didn't feel as good. Um, so I stopped doing that. didn't really have a problem. So it just kind of started leaking into the bench a little bit. It fatigued me enough to cause some issue, but I took those out. Um, I, I'm fine with my push-down stuff. I'll do push-downs, close-grip benching. I think the best way you can really target your triceps for the bench press is actually bench press and close-grip. Um, but, yeah, there's so many other ways to, to train movement. It still baffles me how people want to just stick to doing something that's been beating the shit out of them. Um, but whatever you want, guys want to do. <laughs> um, so, other thing I want to touch on before we leave it for today um, and if anyone wants to send in a buzzer beater question, well, we got one buzzer beater question <laughs> from Barbell Avatar. Hey Ben, I was waiting for a Q and A, but in your opinion, what's the best to use on a block? I tend to lose tightness the last inch or two on the way down. What would be the best spot pin press or tempo work? So either like what size block, uh, so what size board, a pin press or tempo what's work? What's the best? to use on a block what's uh, i'm trying to comprehend it all so i get you the best answer i'm assuming it's training block all right so we're using boards or blocks here i tend to lose tightness on the last inch or two on the way down what would be the best photo pin press or tempo work and i think he's talking about in terms of programming it in for his training block so, like, for a month or two, what's the best accessory to use oh, to fix uh, you're that? you're talking training block, not an actual bench block. Yep. All right. Takes me a second to put it all. Okay, training block. Um, oh, so you're, just, you're having trouble keeping tightness at the bottom, um, and you're wondering what the best thing to do is. So, um, I think there's a lot of ways you can attack that. You just got to find what, you know, gives you the best results. Um, so, for if that's happening... Um, yeah, I would certainly use uh, 
is something like a pin press, you know, down at chest level, because that's going to teach you how to have to get tight um, at that bottom. I think doing the double pause variation, I was a big fan of that when I was trying to get my raw strength up. That's dead press immediately into a pause. Um, you're spending more time down there. That's really what it comes down to. You spend more time in that spot. Um, so whether you do really ass long pauses, you do extended range of motion pause, um, tempo work. Yeah, I'm actually I'm gonna film a video on tempo stuff today. Um, I think that's fantastic anytime, especially you're losing control in a specific range. Uh, slow the movement down, uh, work through that specific range. You know, it's really identify where your weakness is and just spend more time doing this, doing pressing from that area. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be overcomplicated. And you know, dead press with a pause was just something. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm short to exercise. I didn't invent it by any means, but, um, all I was like was like, dead press is awesome. Might as well pause out of it too. So I was like, well, I'm going to start doing that. And it was really tough and really challenging. So I said, I'm going to keep doing this. And I, I think it really helped me out. Uh, it's just really spending more time in that position. So, I mean, you could come up with some unique stuff yourself, but, um, that's how I would attack it is is all above there uh, everything you mentioned i can find being practical for that um but again it's it's finding what worked best for you and, and you know for me as a coach if i was able to watch you perform these movements i'd be able to kind of steer you in one direction or the other because i can kind of see better like how you're creating tightness and the intensity you bring into each um so I would be able to steer you in one direction. It looks better when you do the tempo stuff. It looks like you're holding better control. So do that. But um, you're going to have to kind of uh, figure that out on your own. Um, but all those will work great. Looks like you're heading in the right direction. So Yeah. You already know what to do. Most of the times we know what to do. We just need that confirmation. All right. Sip of coffee for the working man. This is black coffee, everyone. Uh, all right, that's where I'm going to leave you, but uh wanted to touch on, again, um, the online course uh, that we have out now, um, and this thing is the most comprehensive learning tool we have available. Um, it's going to be open to the public October 1st. There's six modules. Uh, there's over 40 training videos, hours of content. There's a six-week bench program, and you know it's it's a huge, huge deal to you because we price this thing at a one-time payment of 99. You know our top-tier coaching program could be as much as 240 a month, but you're gonna get this whole comprehensive um, training system for just 99 dollars one-time payment or three payments of 33 dollars. Um, so. This is definitely something to jump on right away, uh, but it's not open to the public to October 1st, but if you wanted to access it now, plus save 50%, uh, you, that means you'll access the program for only $50. That's pretty much getting one of our program templates, but you're already getting a program there, plus all this extra useful knowledge. Um, tons of videos all laid out in step-by-step -step order. Uh, you can get that $50 and access it today. Um, if you join the VIP group, uh, that's on BigBenches.com. Go to the tab VIP Membership, and um, it's all right there for you. You'll be able to join up. That's as low as less than $10 a month to join our VIP group. We have a, 
equipped peaking program coming out. It's a six-week bench program for equipped lifters because I know I have one that's generally for both more side on the raw side, um, but I have a six-week bench program coming out for equipped lifters, and that'll be free for VIP members. Uh, I always try to give them those templates and everything for free and all that extra content. So would love to see you on the VIP membership, join our team, interact with us, um, and then obviously you get the access to the online course, 50% off, and you can access it now as opposed to waiting another couple weeks uh, at a higher price point. So uh, appreciate everyone tuning in. Carol's Strength and Power says, how do you deal with elbow pain? Um, well, I try not to get it, so that's probably the biggest thing. Um, so like I said, making sure, like skull crushes I was noticing was something different I had in my training at the time. I was starting to get it more, and um, so I took those out. Uh, that was probably bothering me. Uh, if I bench too much in the shirt or too much heavy weight, um, that bothers me because uh, I don't have as good external rotation on my left side, so I'm aware of that. So benching uh, too heavy too often will bother me. So uh, I don't do that. So I just do what I can tolerate. I don't feel bad that I might not be getting a benching session in when I'm getting it in. You got to have a real long-term type approach to your training. Um, you know, I believe in that because if you continue to try to push through injuries just for one meet and, and all that, it's not a good not a good concoction there. Um, I always try to think long-term. You know, how, you got a long time you could be lifting, so don't try to push past anything. Um, so I always, if I need a break, I need a break. You know, that's just how it is. Up to a meet, I don't, I haven't done any heavy lifting since I don't even know. No, it must have been at least three weeks ago. Uh, about sometime in August. That was the last time I was in a shirt. And I got a meet this weekend, um, but yeah, I give myself a lot of time. I'm really anxious to to lift. I've maybe only had two sessions in the past two weeks since that time, uh, but. I feel good to go. I'm not dealing with anything. Uh, I'm ready to break it. So uh, I guess that's how you deal with the elbow pain. It's just first off trying not to, to get it in the first place and understand where you're limited to mobility uh, so that you can perform the movement full range without issue. Uh, and then like the things I just mentioned with technique, uh, developing the tightness in the upper back and whatnot, making sure your technique is on point. Um, in terms of what to do going forward when you get elbow pain, uh, I would urge you to go get that checked out by, you know, professional in the, in the field like a PT or something. You know, they'll probably be able to analyze that very quickly for you. We got a live video pause. Is everyone back with us? All right. So yeah, I would go and, and get that checked out by a PT and whatnot. I'm really big on finding outside help too. Like I gotta get those those massages. Um, you know, Michelle, who's a great massage therapist, uh, works on me bi-weekly. And that's been tremendous help to my training. Um, you know, accessing a PT that will be able to tell you what's going on. Great, tremendous help to your training. You know, if you think about the things you invest in, you know, you get a big fancy belt from Pioneer Fit. Or you could go to your PT and fix the elbow pain you got. You know, it's one or the other. Um, so, yeah. And Greg Lock Fitness, thanks for all the bench tips, bro. Uh, you got it. Greg Lock Fitness, thanks for watching. Then from Barbara Avatar, thanks, bro. I have a metal plate in my left arm from an auto accident 10 years back. So, dead and squatter okay, but my bench has always suffered. Love the work. Appreciate it, my friend. Um, and sorry about your injury there, but 
you know, you should be able to uh, hopefully work through it the best you can. I know it's just kind of another hurdle, but, you know, all we can do is the best we can do and find ways to work around it. Alrighty, that's a bench cast. This has been uh, the, the Bench, bench Cast. cast.